All right, thank you for being back here tonight. I know a lot of us are, you're probably tired because uh, you put a lot of effort and work in today, and I'm thankful for that. And by the way, God blessed it. A lot of your friends came, and um, you know, we pulled some of the, teen, we pulled all the teenagers out of here, as, and, and we didn't have bus ministry today, and yet the place was packed from top to bottom. And so thank you for, for doing your part. Many folks raised their hand for salvation. I met one guy, uh, a newer guy, and may have been with uh, Levi, I'm not sure. He came out here as I was standing out there. He's, he's, he came up, grabbed me, gave me a big hug, and says, I just got saved. <laughs> he goes, and he goes, I'm glad I came. I'm like, well, I'm glad you came too, man. So we were excited. And there were several that got saved. So thank you for your effort. Uh, we're going to do a, some postcards to help at the end. If you can stay adults and help with that, we will not be long tonight. I will promise you that I will go quick. I know you're tired, and uh, you've worked hard, and so I appreciate that. You, <coughs> you understand that when it's, that it's annoying, how many of you, you've talked to somebody and you can tell they're not listening to you? How, how many have ever done that, right? You're talking to them and as they're talking to them, they're looking to the side or they're looking at their phone, right? They're not paying attention. Guys, you're trying to talk to girls. I understand that completely. But, uh, and they're just, they're not paying attention. That's why when we discipline our children and uh, we're trying to get their attention, we say, hey, look at me. Right? Hey, look me not. No, no, no. Quit looking the other way. Look at me. Because if, if they're not looking at you, they ain't listening to you. You got to have their attention. And it's, a, it's irritating when somebody is not listening and you're trying to communicate with them. Now, think about this when it comes to prayer. How frustrating would it be to <clears throat> spend time praying and talking to God, and in essence, he's not hearing you. He's not listening to you. But on the flip side, <coughs> let's be positive. <clears throat> it's nice to know I'm talking to God and I know he's inclined to listen to me. He wants to hear from me. He wants to listen to me. We're going to look at that <clears throat> in a minute. We don't know who <clears throat> the author of this psalm is. <clears throat> As I looked at, I, I've got several opinions based on the framework of what they're saying. Many believe that Hezekiah wrote this psalm. It's a psalm, of course, as many of them are. Most all the psalms have some type of, of, of theme, and um, my Brother Vong's preached on it on Thursday, about praising the Lord and being thankful to him. And by the way, you can never do that enough. How many of you know that? And yet we don't do it enough. How many of you know that, right? But we can always praise him. <clears throat> it seems as you read through this that there was a great trial, and it almost seems it's from a, a sense of a, a military type thing or, or some type of nation coming against them. That's why they tie it into uh, Hezekiah. And they experienced <coughs> a deliverance. Well, if you think about the, <clears throat> the situation in, in, in the life of Hezekiah that would fit that, it would be the story of the Assyrians, Assyrians coming in to attack the land. Now Hezekiah took over, and when Hezekiah took over after his father, the king, the land was in desolation. <clears throat> in fact, if you read the very first day of the first month of the first year of Hezekiah's reign, he had to go open the temple. It had been shut down. It had been, it had been desecrated in a sense. And Hezekiah stepped up and said, new sheriff in town, we're going we're gonna to clean the temple. And he did, <clears throat> and, but they were still not at their strongest in every sense, militarily and so forth. They were really on a downer during his time as king. 
But the king of Assyria comes and the Assyrians, and, and they were very, very, very strong. They had already defeated several of the other nations of the land. And now they set their sights on um, Jerusalem and Hezekiah's kingdom. If you, can, if you, can, you want to turn over there, you can. You can look at Isaiah chapter 37. This same story is in several spots in the Bible. I want to read a little bit. What happens is that the Assyrians come, and then they have to leave for a while, but they send a letter to Hezekiah, and they're talking, as we would say on the street, you know, they're talking trash. They're like, we're coming back. There's nothing you can do. Every god of every land that we have fought, we've taken him down. He's not helped, helped him, and your god's not going to help you either. We're going to come back, and we are going to wipe you out. And they send this letter. <clears throat> In Isaiah 37, verse 14, <clears throat> look what, notice what Hezekiah does. He says, <clears throat> and Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messenger and read it. <clears throat> and Hezekiah went up unto the house of the Lord, and he spread it before the Lord. <clears throat> and Hezekiah prayed unto the Lord, saying, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, thou dwellest between the cherubs. Thou art God, even thou alone, and all of all the kingdoms of the earth, <coughs> thou hast made <coughs> heaven and earth. Verse 17, incline thine ear, O Lord, and hear. Open thine eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear the words of Sennacherib, which he hath sent to reproach the living God. You notice what he does? He gets this letter, threatening to wipe them out, talking, talking ill of God. He goes to the temple, he gets on his knees, it's like he lays the letter out like, here's, here's a letter, God. You can read this. This is what he's saying about you. And he prays. And he says, Lord, he's reproaching your name. And so he prays. How does God respond? The same chapter in verse 36. <clears throat> then the angel of the Lord went forth and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. For those of you who don't know how that is, that's 185,000. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Shennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went in return and dwelt at Nineveh. <clears throat> it came to pass as he was worshiping, worshiping in the house of Nishrod, his god, that um, his two sons, I'm not going to pronounce their names, smote him with the sword. You know what happens? God says, I got this for you. And the camp of the Assyrians, where all their soldiers are, God wipes out all of them. Hezekiah didn't have to do anything. And then when uh, Shennacherib goes back, his sons assassinate him. And so if this psalm is in tune with that story, Hezekiah was really confident that God hear, heard him, that God would listen to him when he would pray. Now look at verse 19 of Psalm chapter 66. <clears throat> this is what we want in our prayer. We want assurance. Verse 19, he says, But verily <clears throat> God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. I think that if God heard me like that, I would have confidence in praying. I would, I would have confidence like, I know God's listening. Remember when God told Hezekiah, hey, it's time, 
You're going to die. Set your house in order. Your life is done. What did Hezekiah do? He went to his room and he started to cry and pray and ask God for his mercy. And God comes back and says, I think it's a blessing. He says, you got 15 more years. Now, that's a blessing, but you know what I would have been thinking? Like, happy birthday, 14. Happy birthday, 12. Happy birthday, 9. But God heard him. That's the point. That's what he says here. The word heard in these voices means to regard. That's more than just hearing with the ear. It's understanding the request and having a regard for his request. It's important to him. The word attended that he used in relation to his prayer, that means to be attentive. That means when he prayed, God paid attention to what he was saying. And it says he did not turn his ear away. He did not turn away. That means to be removed, like I just don't want to hear it. Now, here's the point. When we pray, I'm sure we want to have a confidence that God hears us when we pray. And the Bible shares a few thoughts that I'm going to share in these few minutes on how we can know and how we can have a confidence that God is listening to us when we pray. Well, pastor, you mean God can't hear? No, no, no. I mean God's attentive. He's in tune with what we're praying. Because there's going to come a time in our life, now, we should pray on a regular basis, on a daily basis, but there are also times in life when there's that great need. And it's a comfort to know I'm praying and I know God is listening to what I'm praying. How can that happen? Let me give you some thoughts. One of them's from this chapter, the other are from other verses. How can we know that God's playing, praying? Be, number one, because I disregard. Because I disregard. Look at verse 18. <coughs> the verse preceding when he says, verily God hath heard me. He tells what would cause God not to hear him. You ready? Verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, what is the next the phrase? The Lord, he won't hear me. You say, pastor, what does that mean? Does that mean if I'm doing something wrong? No. The word regard means to, to have, have a positive feeling towards to, to have a positive view of. Do you understand that? Here's what he's saying. In my heart, if I'm starting to have a positive view or a, or a positive uh, a reaction towards or, or favor towards that which is wrong, I am putting myself in a place where God will not hurt, hear me. So if I want God to hear me, I can't allow myself inwardly in my heart, in my mind, to have a regard for that which is wrong. It's like anything, the battle's in the mind. Because <coughs> you say, well, I'm not doing something wrong, but, but it's starting to, by the way, whenever we outwardly start to do something wrong, it is because we inwardly have already changed and started having a different view of that. That's why there's a fallacy when someone says, hey, this person was serving God, they love Jesus, and they fell into sin. No one falls into sin. What happens is it starts to, to get inward. It starts to get a stronghold in our mind. And then all of a sudden we start in our mind questioning it. What's so wrong with that? Why is that bad? By the way, there's a lot of things that will influence that, right? Right? 
Friends will influence that. Media will influence that. Uh, uh, your entertainment will influence that. That is why they push all this nonsense. You, you follow it at all. Disney puts all this garbage in their movie movies, and all they're doing is losing money. Movie after movie after movie. And you think, why do they keep throwing that garbage in there? Because they know they're playing the long game. They're trying to change our view of that which God says is reprehensible. And you watch that stuff. And by the way, you let your children watch that stuff. And then you wonder why they hear something at church that says, God says this is wrong. And they're like, come on, what are you, what are you a boomer? What are you, old school? Because it starts in their heart. You kids in our Christian school, that's how it starts. You have good Christian families. They put you in Christian school. They sacrifice so that you can come to school here. They want something better for you. And in your heart, you start to develop this. It's like, boy, I can't wait till I get free and I can do what I want. Well, when you start that process of letting those seeds grow in your heart, not only are you headed down a wrong road, but you are also getting to the point where God says, I don't want to hear it. You may not outwardly be doing something, but inwardly you've already started. So how do we make sure God, have a disregard for it. Don't look at something just because some comedian says something and makes sin look funny and then, oh, no, 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 no. If it's wrong, stay away from it. If it's wrong, don't let it dwell in your mind. Feed your mind with that which is good. Do not have a disregard. How else? This is a simple one, right? Number two, how do I know God can hear me? Because I pray in the first place, right? That's just simple. Uh, Jeremiah 33, 3. <coughs> Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He goes, man, he says, I can do great things in your life, but what's the first prerequisite? You got to ask, right? We've mentioned the book uh, years ago. Someone gave it to me, and, and uh, it's a pastor, and he passed it to me. It's called Go to Know. Just keep asking. By the way, if you don't ask, the answer's already no, right? I, I wonder if I can do this. Well, if you don't ask, the answer's already no. So if you ask and they get a no, you already had that answer in the first place, go for it. But we just don't pray. And we don't ask for it. And God's like, hey, why didn't you pray about that? Well, I got this covered on my own. By the way, pray about things that, already, that God already provides for you, right? Give us this day our... Look, I can go home right now and I'm pretty sure I can scrounge something up to eat tonight. But I, you're not invited, Ryan, so thanks. Uh, <coughs> But, but I want to pray God provide for me because God can pull that rug out at any time and I want him to know that I know where my, where my provisions are coming from. They're coming from him. Amen. And I want him to know that. But we have to spend time and pray and pray and pray. We have to spend time in prayer. Okay? You know, let's not wait until, until something bad is going on. It's like, I got to go talk to God now. No, we ought to just be naturally talking to God. And by the way, you don't need to go to prayer class 101 to pray to God. Now, you can learn more about prayer. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, he just wants you to talk to him. He wants you to ask for his needs. He, do you know God likes to show himself strong? God likes to show his power. God likes to work in our life, but we have to have enough faith to say, Lord, okay, I'm going to pray and ask you about this. Because we, because, we, because we pray, we know he listens. And then thirdly, <clears throat> how to have confidence? Because I listen. Because I listen. See, prayer is when we want God to listen, 
But there's a prerequisite, in essence. We have to be willing to listen to God. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 9. Here it is. You ready? This is kind of scary. <clears throat> he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Let's dissect that for a minute. God didn't say, if you're not listening to me, I'm not listening to you, although that could be true. God says, abomination means, ready? To hate intensely. God says, you want to ignore me? You don't want to hear me? You don't want to listen? What I say has no value in your life? When you pray, I don't want to hear it. Now, let's just think about that. What if there was somebody that never wanted to listen to you? They never wanted to talk to you. They treated you wrong and they just, they, you couldn't even talk to them. You can't even have a con. They just don't want to hear it. And then all of a sudden, hey, brother, can you do this for me? Now, <clears throat> as a Christian, we probably think, this is my opportunity to do something nice. But you know what the flesh says? Now, it doesn't say it out loud, hopefully. Drop dead. Yeah, you, want me to, you don't even listen to me, and all of a sudden, you want me to listen to you. Okay? That's not good Christianity. But in essence, God's saying, you don't even want to hear what I have to say. And by the way, <coughs> most of the problems that we will probably have that we would have to come to God with is because we're not listening to him. Think about that. We come to God and say, God, I need this. I have this problem, Lord, and I need you to do this. And he's like, you're not even listening to me. Because if you listened to me, you wouldn't be in that place, right? When we don't listen to God, do you understand most of our problems are self-inflicted? We're violating God's principles somewhere. And so God's like, listen, if you're not listening to me, I don't want to listen to you. Zechariah chapter 7, verse 13, talking about the nation, but he says, therefore it's come to pass that as he cried, and they would not hear God crying out to him, so they cried. And I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. Right? That whole thing where they went into captivity, you know what it was? Because they quit listening and obeying God. They just didn't want to hear it. You know, and Zedekiah would lie and like, hey, he would sneak Jeremiah in and say, hey, is there any word from the Lord? And if I was Jeremiah, I said, yeah, it hasn't changed. Start listening. But they, didn't want, they really didn't want to hear it. And God goes, you know what's going to happen? So the, the, the consequences of their, of their not listening to me are happening, and all of a sudden they're crying out, and God's like, I don't want to hear it. I gave you warning after warning after warning. So what does that mean? If our hearts are in tune with God, and we want to hear what he says, and we want to do what he says, and it's like, we're not perfect, but I'm trying to go the right direction, that's the kind of person God says, I'm in. I can work with you because you're trying to go the right direction. You're not going to have all this drama in your life because of disobedience. You're asking for some things that I would want. So if you listen to God, God's going to listen to you. Next, <coughs> because I live. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 to 2, <coughs> it kind of goes with the last one. He says, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. God says, it's not that I can't help you. You know, I can't reach down where you're at. That's not true. Neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. That's a euphemism as, as it were for deafness. Like, you know, you get older. As, as Sometimes as people get older, they don't hear as well. You know what I'm talking about? God's like, my ear's not heavy to where I'm having a hard time hearing you. 
And then he gives a real reason, Isaiah 59, verse 2. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. You see, when I'm trying to live right, and I'm trying to do right, and I'm not living this life of open sin, I'm not living this life of rebellion, then God's ear is there when we're praying to him. Because the thing that separates us from God is sin. Now, this morning, we talked about salvation. We had all of our friends here, right? What is, how does sin ultimately separate them from God if they're not saved? Well, they have to pay for their own sins, and they go to hell. That's why Jesus Christ came and died for our sins, to pay for our sins. So if we're saved, we're on our way to heaven, and our sins aren't going to take us to hell because we are forgiven, but there are consequences on this earth. And one of them is, it comes between us and our God. That's why when we pray to God, the first thing we ought to do is confess our sins. Right? You say, but pastor... I don't know which ones to confess. I mean, I don't know what we're talking about. Here's what you do. You ready? This is simple, simple. Get on your knees and say, Lord. And he's like, I got this. And stuff will come to your mind. Like, hey, remember you acted like that? <coughs> remember you did that? And you got to bring it to God. Say, Lord, I, I've sinned. And by the way, this, <coughs> this confessing is not just, and I taught it a few, probably a couple months ago, it's not just, Lord, I've sinned, you know, forgive me my sin, and we go in our merry way and we do it again. No, when we confess our sin, what we are doing is agreeing with God that what we did was wrong. And we're seeking to forsake it. Because we, you know, what's the song? <coughs> Nothing between my soul and the Savior. And so we want to live in such a way that when we do do something that's wrong, we very quickly come to God and say, God, I I agree with you. Uh, What I did right there was not right. God's God's okay. God's in on that. But when we try to hide it, we start to live that life without any uh, uh, thought or consequence as to what God would want, and then we get down to praise. God's like, your iniquities are keeping me from hearing you. Now, why is God saying that? Because he doesn't want to hear us? No, because he wants us to deal with the issue. Okay, now, I, I know that no couples in our church have ever had this issue, okay? But people in other churches I've heard, here's what happens sometimes in a marriage. There's an issue, and they get upset with each other. Maybe the husband was rude that morning, okay? Not that any of us would ever be rude. And we go on our merry way. (coughs) And guys, we get into what we're doing for the day, you know, and it's all good. We come home, hey, babe, how you doing? Here's the answer, fine. So what's for dinner? Chicken. How was your day? Good. Okay, can I, here, marriage 101. One word answers mean, (coughs) sister's struggling with something. You did. Are you with me? Why are you so quiet? You know, right? (coughs) What do you got to do? Okay, (coughs) what's the issue? Deal with it. Hey, God, I need you to hear me. What? And God will bring it to our mind. Hey, that thing right there. You did that? I got to deal with it. And if we're in the habit of doing that, we know that God listens to us. <coughs> Let me move on. <coughs> First, another reason God, we know God will hear us is because we persist. <coughs> we persist. Luke 18, 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end. And I'm not going to go through the parable <coughs> for the sake of time. 
But the parable teaches this, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. The whole point of the parable is keep asking. Keep asking. Keep asking. Don't stop. See, here's what we want. And I, I was ignorant. I went to prayer meeting as an 18-year-old to church, and uh, I went on, they had Saturday night prayer meeting for the men, so I go, you know, and here's this paper, and there's all these prayer on it, you know. It's like, take that home. You can pray for it. So I took it home, and I was super spiritual. I put the paper down. I said, Lord, I have no clue what any of this is, but you do. Can you take care of it? Amen. I said, wait a minute. I didn't talk. I didn't mention one thing. It was just kind of, there it is, Lord. Just kind of deal with it for me, right? No. I'm talking about <clears throat> we pray for things, and we put it on our list, and we don't take it off of our list. Because sometimes God may answer, but the answer is not now. The answer is for later. And if we quit praying, then you know what we're doing? We might miss that answer. I mentioned a story a long time ago, but <clears throat> George Mueller, <clears throat> if you want to talk about someone who prayed, he ran orphanages 150 years ago, may have been longer, and uh, didn't ask people for a penny. He prayed, and God provided a miraculous race. You read the, his biography, and it's like this guy was on a different level of prayer than I, I've ever seen. The stories are just amazing. He prayed for three men to be saved. And he had these men on his list, and all three of them got saved. And I forget the, the exact times with some of them, but I think one of them got saved after 20 years of prayer. Another one got saved after like 25 years of prayer. And one of them got saved after it was more than 40 years of prayer. I mean, I think he was persistent. I think that was a big deal to him. Some of you have loved ones that are having issues maybe and they need God in their life and, and they need you to pray for them. Don't just pray, leave them on the list. Don't just pray for them. Hey, I prayed for you. They might need you to pray for them for a longer time. They might need you to be persistent. Say, Lord, I'm not, I'm not going to let this go away. I had a, I just, this just happened to me. I had a, um, <clears throat> how, many of you, how many of you know one of the greatest inventions of all time Okay, there's several, right? The printing press. I think pizza's a pretty big one. <laughs> and number three is the ember cup. How many of you know what that is? That's a, that's, no, 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 this is Bible, right? Let me help you. It's this cup that's Bluetooth, and it keeps your coffee at a certain temperature. You choose the temperature. And I mean, it'll stay that temperature for hours. Well, I bought one of those. And it had a lid on it. And by the way, I've had, I've had these over the years, and I've had software shares, and one thing I always appreciate about them, their support team was like this. I mean, as soon as you, con I'd say, hey, I'm having this software issue. That day, they contact you. Hey, here's what you should do. And you do it, and then they'll, t they'll email you back the next day. Did it work? And I mean, I've had several times, Joseph, they got back to me right away. Well, I got this brand new cup, and the little sippy lid broke like after two weeks. It's just, you're not like, a, not like a kid. It's so you don't spill it on our shirt. <coughs> hey, why don't you let me preach, okay? And you, I'll preach, you tithe, okay? <coughs> so I, I contact the support like I always do. That day they got back to me. Okay, explain the problem to me. I explained it to them. Sent the email back. They emailed me back the next morning and said, just send us a picture of it. So I sent them a picture of it. Crickets. Now, when it came to software, they'll help you. They didn't want to send me a lid. Now, I don't know if you know me. That annoyed me. 
And I, 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 the next day I said, I'm like, hello? When I had a software issue, you always emailed me, can I get a replacement? Crickets. The next day I'm like, I'm gonna resend the picture of the broken lid. Hello, can I get a replacement? So they did, they would not respond at all. So guess what I did? Every morning I emailed them. How are we doing today? I'm waiting for my lid. The next day, hey, we gonna do something about this? And I did say one time, hello, I'm starting to get the feeling you're ghosting me. After a week and a half, brother two, no response. I got, a, I got an email that says, your lid is in the mail. I wasn't gonna let it go, okay? I would be emailing them to this day, okay? So <coughs> why don't we have that kind of persistence with God? Shoot them an email every single day. Persistence, don't give up. We give up too early. <coughs> let me give you <coughs> one more. I'll bypass a couple. Oh, I will say this, too, about persistence. You know why we're here at this church? I can tell you why. Because the pers I think it's a persistent prayer of Pastor Esposito. I remember back in the mid-'90s, we tried to rent this place, right? You've heard the story. I mean, if you're new, you have it. And so we wanted this building to rent it. They wouldn't rent it to us. And so we had the other building. We're outgrowing it. So just uh, a pastor would just walk around. Every now and then, he'd come and walk around and say, Lord, I think we need this property. I think we need this property. Lord, give us this property. And here we are today. So just go down to the car place and walk around the car. Lord, I think I need this car. <laughs> All right, lastly, <clears throat> because I care, because I care, Proverbs chapter 21, <clears throat> verse 13. Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he also, sh he also shall cry himself, but shall not be hear heard. Do we care about the less fortunate? Yes. Now think about that. And there's verses all. Well, what about eternal law? The, the homeless, the, uh, the fatherless, the widows, and the strangers, right? Remember the prayer, how many remember the prayer meeting James used to always say that? He'd always say that. Pray for that. Taking care of those that, are, that have needs. Do we care about those people? By the way, that could be you. And I guarantee you, by the way, some of you, that was you. One of the things I think that God blesses our church is because we care about everybody. I think that gets his attention. That's why we run buses, by the way. We don't run buses to get God's attention. Those are people that need the Lord. Well, I don't want to go into those areas. Well, then don't. Don't have God's blessing on your life. Aren't we supposed to get the gospel out to everybody? Aren't they open? Well, they're just kids. You're just trying to pile up numbers. No. That's the time to reach them. You, you never see a kid when he's in fourth grade and you talk to him about the gospel that says, well, wait a minute, I have this intellectual. They just naturally know there's a God and they're naturally going to be open to God. Why don't we go after them? Well, you know, some of them live in areas that aren't very nice. They need Jesus too. Just because you live in a nice area? Ooh. Okay, that's, that's snob mentality. I think we ought to love everybody. Amen. Rich people need Jesus too. Fact of the matter is, poor just seem to be more open, but we take the gospel to everybody. If you ever walk by somebody and say, I'm not giving that person a track, 
shame on you. Well, he just looks like, you know, he's not a nice guy. Well, if he's not a nice guy, maybe he needs the Lord. By the way, why do you think we go into the homes? They need someone to go there. Do you, do you know it's lonely? They don't have, I just, I remember times I've been called by the people next door to go there because there's someone that's sick or somebody and their family, I remember they called me and said, this guy's gonna die and we can't get a hold of his family. Can you at least come talk to him? And I went and talked to him, John, he was already saved and I got to talk to him and his family lived in Florida and dropped him off at a home here and they wouldn't answer the calls. And it was a pleasure to sit there and talk to this man. But, but we have to care about everybody. And once a church, we have a new building. And by the way, the building's getting newer. <coughs> you know, we're opening up a whole new section. <coughs> well, we'll keep the bus kids outside. Stop. Why don't we put you outside, amen? Okay? In the rain. We ought to love everybody. And the Bible tells us when we care about people, what he says, he says, if we don't care, he says, he also shall cry himself, but he shall not be heard. God blesses those who go after everybody. The gospel is for everybody. Let's not get so highfalutin, and we're not, by the way. I'm thankful for that. Let's not get so highfalutin. That, I don't know, they put a mark on the wall. Do you know that's what paint's for? Are you with me? Okay, by the way, you say, Pastor, I'm glad you said that. Well, you won't be glad I said that. Don't drink in here, okay? Bus kids can drink in here, not you. I'm just kidding. But look, what are we doing here? A building isn't so people can come and say, remember when we used to meet outside in the rain? Pacific Baptist Church has arrived. I don't want to arrive. I just want a bigger place to meet. I want a place where we can bring more people that need Jesus Christ. How do you feel? And I know, we have to fight it. <coughs> you know, see some person on the side of the road and they're struggling. They're, they're ruining our city. And I, I get it. I understand that there's crime involved with it, but maybe if someone reached them with the gospel. Let the police take care of the crime, okay? And don't put yourself in harm's way. That's not what I'm saying, but I, you know what I'm saying. Let's not have this attitude where we look down on people. Just let's, let's, let's win everybody we can. I think God, God says, you know what? You're trying to help those who genuinely have a need and genuinely want help, God says, you're the kind of person I want to help. I want to help. What am I saying? I'm saying that <clears throat> all of us are going to face times <clears throat> when we want to know God's hearing us. And if we do some of these things, we'll have a little more confidence in prayer. And by the way, <clears throat> before I finish, I'll just say this. God doesn't owe us anything. Right? You know these wealth and uh, prosperity preachers? Name it and claim it. If you tell God, God's got to do it. That's hogwash. God's sovereign and does what he wants. But I'll tell you what, I want to know God hears me, and I want to know that I am doing the right kind of things so that I don't drive a wedge between me and God. Because God never drives the wedge. If there's a wedge between me and God, you know who, you know who put that wedge there? Me. Not him. He wants to hear. And so we can have confidence in prayer tonight. Let's bow our head and close our eyes if we may. Let's stand together just for a minute. <coughs> prayer is a vital part of life. Prayer is really the difference between us. There's many differences. An atheist. And I, I fear too often that when it comes to our relationship with God, 
we strive to be as close to God as an atheist does. We're just being religious. We're just showing up to church and we're carrying our Bible, but we never get in our Bible. We never say a word to God. You know what? We're no different than an atheist. But we have a privilege that they do not have. And I don't want to do <coughs> anything that would keep God from hearing me because he wants to hear me. Say, so how do you know that? He wouldn't put these things in the Bible if he didn't care. He wants us to be close. He wants us to have our prayers heard and he wants us to have our prayers answered. And if we'll do these things, we can have confidence that he hears. I don't know what God spoke to you about, but the piano's gonna play. If God spoke to you at all, why don't you come? Why don't you come?